0: Uh, now Rich is into it. He hears this music. <laughs> Jada Cameron, John Rich. I'll tell you, we're really into it because the Eagles are about to play in the Super Bowl. And uh, certainly uh, it's a great era right now of Eagles football. You know, Eagles have had uh, various uh, twists and turns through the years and a couple of really great eras. And one was the era when, uh, you know, Jeffrey Lurie with the owner with Joe Banner as the president and Andy Reid as the head coach. And our next guest, Joe Banner, will be the first time he's ever on our show. Of course, very famously, along with Jeffrey Lurie, hired. Uh, Andy Reid all those years ago, and the Eagles get ready to face Andy in the Super Bowl. Joe to John Ritchie, and we welcome to the show uh, the longtime Eagles president for about uh, 15 years running the Eagles, Mr. Joe Banner. How you doing, Joe?
1: Good. Good to be on with you guys. How you doing? You too, Joe.
0: Good. Joe, did you ever think when you signed Ritchie in 2003, you'd be a WIP talk show host? I mean, what the heck?
1: <laughs> no, that would
0: have gotten him a... <laughs> negative marks before <laughs> even stuff. <starts. laughs> exactly right. Ratings have, have plummeted, Joe. All right, Joe, let's get to it because it's a fascinating matchup, Eagles-Chiefs, and the twists and turns you know, leading both organizations here. You hired um, Andy Reid. Let's go back to that point. When did you get a sense, wow, this candidate might be the guy and he might be a really, really good coach? What impressed you about Andy Reid at that time?
1: Well, there's two stages of that. One was in the interview where we had uh, kind of made the decision to look for kind of certain character correct, character characteristics as opposed to, you know, who's led the league as an offensive coordinator, defensive coordinator, which was even opened the door to Andrew. He was working for a team that was looking for a head coach. So they didn't even interview him. So we were looking for just an incredibly strong leader, just like everybody else. A little bit differently, we were looking for things like, you know, how good were they at evaluating other coaches? How good were they at managing coaches? Uh, you know, I'm sure John could tell you, like, coaches that are very diligent about attention to detail and, mm-hmm. you know, kind of obsessed with every, le- every little detail tend to be successful, even though it drives some of the players crazy. So we were looking for those sets of qualities. And it was kind of amazing how Andy jumped out you know, in those areas. I mean, the famous story about the book that he brought in, he had graded every coach, you know, one through ten in his mind at every position uh, in the country. That included, you know, he had high school coaches on his, you know, top ten, you know, whatever list. Um, he had every coach. When we needed to go hire an offensive line coach, for example, he had literally had one through ten written up with scuttering who put just like it was a draft book. Wow. Uh, so the things that we were looking for around, you know, ability to hire a good staff, attention to detail. We didn't really care that his philosophy of playing football matched ours. We cared that he had a very strong conviction about what he wanted to do and how we wanted to do it. Hmm. Because We didn't think you could be an effective leader if you weren't really clear on where you were trying to lead people. So we thought it was more important that he had a really strong conviction than he had our strong conviction. So hmm. those were kind of the headlines. And it was very, very early at his arrival. It was clear to us that we did have a guy that was just – it never crossed Andy's mind there was a chance he wasn't going to be really successful. And you could just tell it being around him. He wasn't, like, kind of figuring out an explanation just in case. He always just assumed, well, this may go right, this may go wrong, but overall we're to enough right that we're going to be really successful. And you could feel that whether you were in the front office whether you were a player. He just was as confident and as, you know, unworried about anything other than success as you could get. So we kind of had both. The interview part and then the once he got there part, and they were both, frankly, he won us over very quickly in both categories.
2: Joe, how much has Andy improved as a head coach while in Kansas City?
1: You know, I mean absolutely has improved. Now I he left Philly in my view, you know, probably with a higher view than the public had of him. Um and probably even an inaccurate view. It's true that Andy is somebody who's on top of everything. But because of that, because he's so detail oriented, some people thought of him as somebody who was, you know, almost dictatorial. Um, Mm -hmm. That wasn't fair in Philly. He's a very, very collaborative guy, very interested in what other people think. There were plenty of times he would defer, you know, when he wasn't that sure. I think things like that, you know, he's gotten even better in Kansas City. I mean, he's. He's open minded. You can see he's changed what he does in some areas. He's believed in what he does and stuck with it in other areas. Um, obviously, you know, having the benefit of a Mahomes, you know, helps make him a better coach. Yeah. And, you know, I say, but he picked
0: him, Joe. You know, I mean, he, he's, he gets big credit for that. He selected him and brought him along. Yeah. I mean, that's a major I, it, feather in his cap as a pro football coach.
1: Yeah. And, you know, most of the league wasn't there. And, uh, you know, him and the at Beach, who was also somebody who came through Philly, will have a lot of respect for. I, you know, he was an afterthought for many, and frankly, the pick at the time was thought of as way too high for a lot of people. Um, and then he turned him into, you know, but by the time he's done, who knows how many records he's going to hold, but it's going to be a lot if he can stay healthy.
2: Yeah. Uh, Joe, uh, how much has Howie Roseman grown since he was working under you?
1: Yeah, I mean, again, both for me, he, he didn't uh, deserve all the heat that he took, although he obviously made some mistakes like we all do. Um, but I do think he has gotten, you know, also more collaborative. Uh, I think he's taken what we believed in in terms of, you know, things like prioritizing the lines and mm-hmm. taking it to even a stronger degree. Um, I think he's even put more emphasis on character than we did when he looks for players, which I think is a positive, even though we were fairly narrow you know, the criteria we use to to bring people in. Um, I think he's got more people around him that he trusts than he did originally, which makes all of us better. Um, You know, he used that time off as well as anybody ever could in terms of uh, thinking about himself, you know, learning from people that have been really successful, subtleties of success. Um, But, again, I always thought he did a good job, even with the mistakes that get, you know, pointed out. Uh, you know, on balance, I think he got more right than wrong. I think he stuck with good philosophies. Um, you know, I worked him every single day while he was watching tape, so I knew that he was a good evaluator. And questions about this kind of non-football guy—what could he know? Or just you know, unfair. You say you worked him
2: every day while he was watching tape. How did how does that process work?
1: So when you know. To, famous story that how he literally started at the end of my assistant's desk, which is really a small, almost like desk you'd see in a, you know, fourth grade class at a grammar school. Um, And he literally sat, you know, on the edge of that desk, so at least had a place to put on a piece of paper he could write on. And, you know, first uh, wanted to learn the cap, which is what we needed, and primarily hired him for, um, but also had the aspirations to be a general manager. So reasonably quickly with people like myself, but definitely not just myself, including other personnel, people, and coaches, he would literally come in kind of late in the day, hopefully after you were kind of done with it, you needed to, and, you know, ask if you were free, if he could watch tape with you. He watching plenty on his own as well. Um, but he got a taste from a lot of different people about what they looked for, what they cared for, you know, how they watched the tape, how they wrote up reports. And, you know, after a while, he was, in my mind, as knowledgeable as any of these areas, as any of the so-called football guys, mm-hmm. uh, even though it wasn't always showing up or people weren't, you know, wasn't running or bragging about it. And he was just getting it done. Um, but it's easy. Listen, the best guys in the league get it around 50% of the time. So, you know, there's always areas in which people can do better and there's always areas where there's valid criticism. Um, but I think he deserved more credit than he got until later in, in his career. Is Mainly he... being that. Yeah. Finally get it. Some do. I'll say.
2: He really is. Is he the executive of the year?
1: You know, I don't know who else gives him a run. You could say maybe Jacksonville. I can't say the Giants because they really didn't make a lot of moves. They're really using the first year to reset for the future. You know, as you look at all the other teams that are still playing, you know, it's hard to give it to a team that's really good that you expect it to be really good like the Chiefs, although I think Veach, in conjunction with Andy, have done a spectacular, you know, job there. We didn't see a team other than the Eagles that made a ton of moves in the offseason. And frankly, I would say a couple over the last couple of years, sometimes it annoys me that people win the award who just kind of went all in for one year. I can almost predict they're not going to be as good next year. I mean, Howie's built something here that's very sustainable. So I think he deserves that award, and I'm not even really sure who is legitimate competition to him for it. Yeah. How much do you keep in touch with Howie? You know, we text back and forth pretty regularly. We talk much less frequently. Mm-hmm. Obviously, it's not the same when we're together every day, but we've maintained a relationship and, you know, talk to each other. And sometimes it's football, sometimes it's not. Um, so I'm pretty regularly still in touch with him.
0: Joe Banner with us here on WIP. Joe, the uh, you know, you negotiated so many contracts uh, over so many years, and the Eagles have a big one coming up with Jalen Hurts. How complicated do you think it gets with his style that he runs and he gets hit? And there's not a ton of evidence of how long a quarterback like that will last. Cam Newton, by the way, hit about the age of 30 and was basically done. I don't think that's going to happen to Hurts. But how complicated is this negotiation given Hertz's style?
1: Well, I don't think that style matters, really, even though it may end up mattering. I mean, he's proven that he needs to be paid like the other top quarterbacks in the league. He needs a structure of contract that, you know, is like the other guys in the league. Uh, frankly if he's smart he'll be very focused on the length of the deal because that will affect his career earnings way more than the actual average of this particular deal and you just got to take the chance and hope that the injury bug either stays away completely or is minor enough that it doesn't really affect um you know what could be the trajectory of his career but you know he's eligible he's proven he deserves to be played with these other guys i mean look at his record as a start over the last two years i mean the second year and in a Somebody told me at the youngest age ever taken a team to a Super Bowl. and I mean, can't there be any question that, you know, he should leave Kyle Amari in the dust?
0: No question. Yeah.
1: It's uh, it's a no-brainer to me. That, that doesn't mean it doesn't have some risk and some scary times you wake up in the middle of the night wondering what you did. Um, but I actually wrote an article about this uh, just Today and I, I called it a good problem.
0: <laughs> that's exactly
1: yeah. right. Because well, How much you have to pay a good quarterback, that's a good problem.
0: You know, Joe, so Richie and I have talked a lot about this, and I'm sure we will more in the offseason. When he does get paid, though, it will complicate being able to not keep all the players you'd want to keep. How big of an issue is that? I mean, how difficult will it be for the Eagles to have this type of roster again once Hertz is making 40 $45, 50000000 a year?
1: Yeah, I mean, the answer is they won't have this kind of roster again. Um, probably about seven or eight years ago, the cap started going up fast enough that it became possible to win with a team that was mostly free agents as opposed to had to be draft picks where you re your own. The Eagles were one of the first teams in the league to realize this was an opportunity. But so A lot of the teams have been, and some of them still are in the mode of draft your plays and just resign your own, which, by the way, is and should be the foundation of your team. But the Eagles realized as the cap was going up that quick that they could also be much more aggressive in free agency. And frankly, that's part of how they won the last Super Bowl. And they've continued to do that. They're trying to accumulate multiple draft picks. They're trying to hit as many draft picks as they can. But they've continued to be more aggressive than most in free agency because they've correctly anticipated Mm -hmm. that the cap going up as fast as it did meant that you could change your strategy on how to build a team and actually had a head start a bunch of the teams in the league. When I mean, you he asked about Howie. This is one of the things I think he deserves a lot of credit for. Um, there are a lot of teams still playing their off-season team building as if the cap was going up slowly like it used to. And it should completely change how you approach team building. And it only has affected a, a fairly small number of teams in that way. And the Eagles are one of them, and it's one of the reasons they won the last Super Bowl. It's one of the reasons they're playing in this Super Bowl. It's not something fans talk about a lot because they look at, like, you know, did you hit on the first-round draft pick? But anticipating that change has had a lot to do with how successful they've been in the last five years, even though I know they had a high and then a dip, and then hopefully another high that will sustain itself. But a lot of it was built on this recognition that the escalation and acceleration of that escalation of the cap changed one of the ways you could build a championship team and sustain it.
2: Joe, we've come to expect with NFL quarterback contracts that the next guy who gets the big deal gets the biggest deal. Do you expect that Jalen Hurts will be the highest-paid quarterback in the NFL when he gets this deal?
1: So I think that the only exception to that is going to be Burrow. Now again, this, this is assuming his uh, agent does a good job. I mean, there's absolutely mm-hmm. no reason. As you say, the salaries, the if you look at by position, are not in the order of who's the best to worst. Mm-hmm. If you're in the kind of top group, and you do a deal, you will be, you should beat everybody else in that yes. next group. And frankly, the next guy should beat you, even if he's not quite as good. Yeah. So the only exception that to me is I think Burrow has a chance to take. You know, the most recent deals where Wilson and Rogers are about fifty million dollars per year. You know, I think that that's the ballpark that Hertz should be in. Now, if Burrow goes first and gets, let's say, fifty-five million, then that moves Hertz up a little bit. Then that example, I don't think he becomes the highest-paid quarterback. If he gets his deal done before borrow, I think he will be the highest quarterback in the, paid in the country at the time he signs his deal. Wow.
0: Joe, this Super Bowl, um, Eagles Chiefs and Joe Banner with us right now. This Super Bowl, what's your gut feeling? Who wins it?
1: Well, you know, I keep going back and forth. I really think the answer to this is how the Chiefs decide to play defense. They usually play with four down linemen, a couple of linebackers. They're in nickel quite a bit. And that's the defense that Hurts has the most success against. So if they play the defense they normally do, which is what most teams do, then Hurts has a chance to have a really big day, and the Eagles will score points in the 30s, and they'll probably win the game. If, on the other hand, they cost them up, which is what the 49ers did in the first half of the game last week, you know, if it wasn't for a pass that was technically dropped that they didn't throw the flag on, the Eagles may have been shut out in the first half of that game. And that was a different defense where they lined up five or six guys on the line. Now they didn't always bring five or six guys, but it left five or six guys in the line to stop the run, and then it left the quarterback unsure as to which guys were rushing when the snap bar actually happened. He has had a harder time against that defense. So, John, you could attest. Coaches like to do what got them there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah, and sometimes that's the right answer, and sometimes it's not. It's not just a rule. If Kansas City just does what they usually do in defense, I think hurts, and the Eagles offense has a very big day. Great. On the other hand, if they copy what San Francisco did in the first half of this last game, uh, which makes the line much more congested, running much harder, and deciphering what the defense is going to do much harder, uh, I think the Eagles still do okay offensively. I don't think you can shut this offense down, but Kansas City also has a very good offense, and in that scenario, there's a chance that Kansas City could outscore them. So I'm not going to give an answer. I keep going back and forth on both. <laughs> you know, obviously I have a close relationship with Andy. I have a relationship with the Eagles and, and Howie. You know, I've been rooting for both of them for years, and it hasn't created any problems
0: until now. Who would have thought, so, Joe? Who would have thought, man? Andy Reid against the Eagles in the Super Bowl. It's just <laughs> – I, I, I could have never – I mean, eventually we saw that it could happen. But ten years ago, in a million years, I would not have thought this would happen. It's incredible.
1: Well, I'll give you. A, I'll give. We'll give you one prediction, because it is kind of amazing when you think back about it. This won't be the only time that they play each other in the Super Bowl.
0: Wow, you could be. You could be dead on right. Yeah, you could that's be. My pred- <laughs> hey, I'll I'll that prediction. Yeah, that's got that's got juice. That, that's juicy. Hey, Joe, uh, let me say something I've said before on the air, and I'll say it directly to you while we're, we're talking to you. I do hope. Because I think you deserve it. I hope the Eagles put you in the Team Hall of Fame. I, I just want you to know. I thought your contributions were were vast in many ways, along with Jeffrey and Andy, sort of laying the foundation for for what the Birds are. And I will just say again, I, I think the team should honor you, and I want you to know that. I very much appreciate you saying that, and
1: I'm I'm very happy with my career and time in Philadelphia, and I love having that job and I loved it more so I help people you're living at this moment people ask about you know the intensity of the fans which sometimes is directed negatively it's so worth the moment you're in mm. the joy of the excitement of the city and the passion it, it's just indescribable and it makes the experience so massively better so you know I feel just very lucky that I got to have a chance that I did and did it in the city that I did and you know I appreciate that if you feel we laid that pr- pr- foundation, I really appreciate you saying that
0: greatly. Absolutely. Joe, enjoy the Super Bowl, and uh, your, your your phone's going to be blowing up, texting both ways. Thanks. So uh, enjoy it all, Joe. We'll talk to you. Thanks so, so much for being part Thanks. of the show today. We appreciate it. Appreciate it. Be well, you guys. Former Eagles president Joe Banner. I mean, he ran the show for a long time, and it was the three of them. It was Jeffrey, it was Joe, and it was Andy. And they worked together, and they got a lot done. They didn't win the Super Bowl together, but they got an awful lot done. All right, to Cameron, John Richie, let's go to the phones right now. Let's talk to Mike in South Jersey. Mike, you're on WIP.
2: What's up, guys? How you doing? Great, Mike.
3: Good. Hey, uh, I just wanted to call and just say like one thing I was wrong about. Yep. Um, was Nick Siriani. Um you know, he, like, after that first press conference, you sat there and you were, like, scratching your head as to, like, how Jeffrey and Howie, like, how did we come up with this?
0: Yeah, it was um, like uh, you'd think they'd want to hire a guy that can, you know, like, speak in a coherent sentence. Yeah, yeah, and to
3: just see, like, how far, you know, he is transformed, you know, just from, like, a media perspective. And, yeah. when, like, obviously, like, the coaching on the field kind of, has spoken for itself, it, it's, it's pretty remarkable that, like, they identified something, you know, in him that, you know, was able to be transformed into, you know, where we are today. Um, it's it's just pretty remarkable. And it's it kind of hit me over the weekend where,
0: like, you know, he's out there outclassing Kyle Shanahan. It was, pretty, it was pretty incredible. I agree with you. I think he's a heck of a coach, Mike. And he'll never be the best wordsmith. He still kind of steps on himself when he says certain sentences. But he knows scheme. And he knows how to be a leader. Yep. And, you know, that's – I mean, listen, Charlie Manuel is the same way. It still kind of comes out a little, you know, funky sometimes. But if you know your sport and you know how to lead people, that's what matters. All right, Mike, give me a big answer, man. Give me a great uh, television character since 2010. We're looking for the best one. Did anybody say Walter White? Uh, has been said. Give me someone else. Okay. Um Hmm.
3: How about – I mean, I have to pivot here. How about uh... – Rust Cole from True Detective. Oh, yeah. All right, you Go got on. it,
0: Mike. Appreciate the phone call right there. All right, coming up, Ryan and McLeod joins us. McLeod, who, of course, won a Super Bowl with the Birds five years ago in studio for the next hour and a half, plus Jaws at 1245 on a busy day. Devin with us as well. Joe De Cameron, and John Ritchie on WIP. Hey, buckle up and prepare to experience the ride. The 2023 Philadelphia Auto Show is back. It's a great event every year, and now until February 5th, At the Pennsylvania Convention Center, filled with the latest and the greatest, new models, classics, and exotics, over 30 indoor vehicles in motion at Camp Jeep, and for the first time ever, the Ram Track. An indoor off-road experience. New vehicles, customs, classics, experiences, experience all the rides. Visit phillyautoshow.com. That's phillyautoshow.com for all the details and for tickets. Get yourself there. It's a great time. Proudly sponsored by NGM Insurance Group.
4: All
0: right, John Cameron, John Ritchie, it is uh, 94 I two. great John uh, catching up with Joe Banner there, I mean, a lot of insight through the years. Oh, fascinating. I mean, we could have done... He laid the groundwork here. He did.
2: And, uh, you know, he, he talked a little bit about how, how he has been, you know... Uh, there's been a lot of vim and vigor yeah. and, and anger directed Howie's way. He talked about how a lot of that was unfair. Some of it was, you know, valid. Right. But uh, he got a lot of flack. Well, Joe listen, Banner both of them, got a Dad. lot of flack. So he's speaking from a, an informed position. <laughs> no question about it. understands what that feels like.
0: No question. All right. Uh, our next guest uh, did not get a lot of flack because he was a really good player and uh, everyone just kind of loved him. And uh, it's great to see him back here. Of course, he helped the Eagles win a Super Bowl uh, five years ago, and he was a member of the Eagles for, uh, I think it was about five or six seasons. This past year against the Colts, interestingly, Johnny competed against the Eagles. One of the few games the Eagles did struggle to an extent, competed this year against the Chiefs and Patrick Mahomes, and uh, and a good dude back in Philadelphia, Mr. Rodney McLeod. How you doing,
4: Rodney? I'm doing good, man. Glad to be here. Yeah. I barely got in this morning though. Why? Security's (laughs) tight downstairs. Oh, oh, yeah. They didn't they didn't know who I was, so you know.
0: That's an outrage. That is an outrage. So by the way, about an hour and a half ago or an hour ago, Devin, I think you saw this, we're in the middle of AMA. And it was time for Seltzer to talk. Yep. Like it's Seltzer, you got to ask the next question. <laughs> and I could tell Seltzer was on the phone with you, Rodney. So you you needed to get in. You're on the phone with him on I a was cell like, phone. Oh, man. oh, that's what was happening. We yeah. needed Seltzer to ask the next question. So John and I and Devin were <laughs> I'm just kind of over here because I yeah. can't
5: see in, into James's booth. So yeah. Like, what? Why are they dwelling on this question? Yeah, that's <laughs> like well,
0: maybe this guy can make the hall of fame. Maybe this guy can make the hall of fame. Yeah. Anyway, Rodney, we're glad you made it up from from downstairs. And uh, you listen, look man, great. You look like you're. A young
2: man who just uh is ready to keep playing football I mean really like you you look good you look exactly the same as you did when you were here several years ago, plus
0: eleven years in man that's an accomplishment congrats on that no thank you it uh it goes by very fast and
4: yeah I, I think I changed the look up a little bit this year out of out of the beard you know a little bit wanted to try that out with with you yeah. know old age creeping in, kind of just i don't know i I've seen like Just the greats do it. You know, they just change up their look. Like, Uh when they get to close to that end point, but not quite. Um, So, let's talk about that. I really embrace the OG role. Well, there you go. How do you feel
0: about that? You mentioned it. I think you're talking playing career, close to the end point, but not quite at it. You want to go another year? What's what's your thoughts there?
4: Talking to the family and really looking back on the season, uh, you know, to everybody outside is, is telling me, texting me, man, like, you have more to give to the game. And I, I think that that is true, could be true, uh, you know, but just have to weigh all options really over the course of these next few months, just really take, take some time, get away from the game uh, and figure out and see what life looks like without football for a quick sec. Uh, there's no rush. And, you know, just kind of going into it with an open mind and just seeing what, where God directs me most importantly.
0: You know, if you retire today, it'll be a bigger deal than Tom Brady because that's like been there, done that for him. It's like old news, John. Brady retires. Old news, man.
4: Yeah, we watched that clip earlier. The wife showed me, and I I was like, is this new or is this last year? (laughs) I I don't know. Uh Uh, You know, he – Tom Brady, man, you just – you never know. He just leaves you in suspense. That's, so, that's what he does. So,
0: Rodney, what do you think of this team this year? You played against the Birds, um, and obviously you're friends with a whole bunch of guys on the squad. Yeah. Listen, the turnaround was unbelievable from 4-11-1 two years ago to where they are now. By the way, our our topic sort of out of the gate today was all the things we were wrong about. I mean, I was wrong about Jalen. I liked the Jalen draft pick, but I was wrong about Jalen last year. I thought he would – top out at at about an average quarterback obviously he's become one of the best john was wrong at about 37 different turns he was doubting Howie. he was doubting jeff i don't know what Devin was wrong about i'm sure i mean a lot of people and people were doubting nick definitely
5: definitely you know
0: so twists and turns have been wild and it's i think it's an incredible football team you know you competed against them what do you see with this squad this year
4: yeah, I mean, I, I think first and foremost, man, when you throw that doubt in the air, you know how it is here in Philly, especially the team. They really embrace that, and that
0: is ammunition for them, right? Like you talked about. Jaylen. By the way, I deserve credit. I agree with you, <laughs> John. This is score one for the hammer right here. I gave Jalen the motivation to, you know, keep. Uh, no, I don't, yeah, I don't, I don't, know, think, I don't think. I don't think. I don't think. I don't think I deserve any credit. You, really yeah, but
4: lose. you know, you you look across, you know, that that organization and that team, and and the people who. Um, thought otherwise of, of how much success they would have this year. And I think for them, they just really focused on one another. And I think one thing that I noticed last year from Nick Sirianni that I, that I loved about him as a head coach is he, he really drives connecting, uh, really uh, building chemistry. And you see that. Like, guys are playing for one another. It's a true brotherhood. And it's a deeper level of connection. And, and, and you're also seeing the talent that Howie Roseman has brought in. Uh, the addition to A.J. Brown, a threat on the outside. Uh, so now Devontae Smith doesn't necessarily have to feel the, the pressure of being the number one. Um, right. And now they complement one another well. You have Quez who's stepped in um, and really, you know, taking over that, that kind of that third spot, that nickel spot. Um, and he's, you know, a phenomenal player. And and obviously Gotti. Um, now transitioning, you know, you wonder, all right, why did they get rid of Zach Ertz? Yeah. And you have Gotti right behind him who's – you know, a heck of a red zone target and a physical player that can do it all. Then you bring in – I mean, I didn't even touch the offensive line and how right. those guys really just controlled the line of scrimmage. I mean, last, last week I don't think they sniffed uh,
0: Jalen Hurts yeah. at all. And, uh, by the way, John, how, Joe Banner said to us last segment, don't expect this team again. Right. Like, once Hurts it's, gets signed, I mean, he was very right. clear about it's it. It's an impossibility. Yeah. I mean, you, he
2: also said Jalen Hurts will be the highest-paid quarterback in the NFL. Uh, that's – a factor that's entirely yeah. why Rodney you you prepared to play this Eagles team in yeah. week 11 how difficult is it as a defense to get ready for the looks that they offer
4: yeah it is difficult uh when you have one back there who's a threat not only in the passing game but running a running uh attack and our objective was to stop the run you know you, they have three different running backs who are all three different styles but all dynamic in their own way. Uh, the offensive line is, is great, but you can't factor in Jalen, uh, mm-hmm. and you have to make sure you pay attention to him. And, and obviously, as watching that game, you know, they tried the, the, the I think, traditional-style running game. We kind of shut that down. Passing game wasn't very effective either, and there was one person left <laughs> that we, we can't necessarily account for, and yeah. that was number one. And yeah. he, he won that game. Fourth quarter. He won Fourth that game. Quarter. Quarter. Yeah. yeah. Took over just with his legs. And that's what he has the capabilities to do. And that's why they've had so much success. I mean, you saw last week just the threat of, of him flashing and showing. It slows the defensive line down. You know, you, you have to yeah. read out. You have to focus on how are you going to defend the zone read that week versus um uh, talented uh, offense like the Eagles. Can the Chiefs do what you guys did? You held this Eagles offense to – 16 points, That's
2: 17 17 points, 17 points. Uh, It was a one point win for the Eagles. And remember, it was the draw play that Jalen scored on in the fourth quarter. Can this Chiefs team do what you guys did and minimize this
4: offense? I think looking at the Kansas City Chiefs, you see that one, uh, what they do well, which, you know, I'm very surprised. They do a good job of stopping a run. I think they're, you know, top 10 in in, in run uh, defense, which is surprising to me. And they're typically, I feel like they're a Bimba don't break style defense. But, you know, they played well. They've played, they've made plays, timely plays for their team. And, you know, really these tight and and rugged games, which is, I I think, different for the Chiefs. But I think the biggest thing is how are they going to be able to defend on the outside? You know, you have mm-hmm. two, I think, cornerbacks who are, are rookies or younger players, and you have two of the best receivers, you know, both 1,000 yard receivers. And maybe uh, the best thinking, tandem in football. Yeah.
0: I mean, really, this, I mean, listen, Justin Jefferson, I think, is the best receiver, and there are some great ones as Diggs and Cooper Cup, and, you know, there's about 10 really great ones, but it's, it, listen, either this or Cincinnati. Yeah. And or, Miami. And Miami. Yeah. Yeah, they're probably, you're right, James. They're probably the top three, and this one, because part of it, uh, Rodney's Devontae has really come on.
4: Yeah, and they move him around, you know, and, and I think watching, you know, Chiefs just have to do their, a good job at studying the Eagles. I think there, there are some tales out there from, you know, going against them uh, throughout the year and then also kind of looking at the games throughout the playoffs, where, where certain guys are, you, you recognize uh, what routes you can expect. And, and, you know, that's what makes the best, you know, who they are, especially mm-hmm. defensively. Sure. We have to anticipate. And I, I think if they do a good job at really studying and locking that in, they can have a, a good chance. But the, I think the key matchup is how do they perform on the outside.
0: Rodney McLeod with us in studio. Joe to camera, John Ritchie, Devin, James, Rodney here. Jaws, by the way, joins us in about 10 minutes. Um, we'll get back to the calls really soon here. Rodney, on the other side of the whole matchup is uh, the Eagles defense against Mahomes. You have faced them a couple times. I don't think it's breaking news to say most people in America think he's the best player in football. Other than you know, hope and pray, what do you what do you, what do you do to slow down Mahomes? Because so much of it is improvised. He's structured. Andy Reid has coached him in a way that there's structure. But if he needs to reach into the bag of improvise, he can. Yeah. How do you combat that? How Rodney's do the Eagles
2: defense did neutralize
4: that offense? They held him to seventeen.
0: Well, give us give give the Eagles <laughs> the scoop. Say, say it so the Eagles can hear. It. What they do? Yeah, they man. Do? I mean, I, I think we we did a lot. Uh, that game, a lot Although of. But this- I don't like this we when you're representing the Colts thing, John. I, it's just <laughs> like, team, not, yeah. but like we's we's the Eagles. Dude, I mean, I I just- you know, I, I got I got to, <laughs> I got to.
4: Um, I you know, I believe we we did a good job at really disguising uh, a lot that game, and we went a non-traditional route in, in what I think they were expecting us to do and play right, what they were preparing for. We we switched it up, and I think we just did mm. good. At- Did a good job. Got to credit uh, Gus Bradley for his play call and ability. But I think it just comes down to, man, competing, you know, just nonstop. Like, Mahomes is going to make his plays. Uh, You have to do a good job at containing Travis Kelsey. That's his outlet. Understanding it's really like basketball on grass with with Kelsey. You know, being able to, you know, pivot, post, uh, look here, go there. You know, he does a real good job underneath. So that's going to be a key is how do they contain uh, Kelsey? Uh, how do they limit Patrick Mahomes' mobility? Uh, you know, he's coming off the ankle. But I think the, the the ability to keep him in the pocket, understanding that the Eagles have guys on the outside that can cover. Uh, you have Darius Slay and you have, um, you know, you have Bradbury as well. Let me not dis, uh, <laughs> disrespect my man uh, Slay like that. Big play Slay. <laughs> Uh, You know, you have both of those guys on the outside that have done a good job at matching up with, you know, whomever they come across this year. So, that's going to be the the biggest challenge is, can you give the D-line enough time to, one, get after Mahomes, but then keep him contained in the pocket, take away, you know, 87, and do a good job at also stopping a run, which, you know, I think that's the the weakness probably, you know, with the Eagles' defense is the run game. Yeah, so – That ties into my – I'm curious how the rest of the league
2: perceives this Eagles defense. You know, here in town, everyone has been upset with the defensive coordinator this year for not being more aggressive.
0: Which is ridiculous.
2: But we led the league in sacks, (laughs) 70 sacks in the regular season. How does the rest of the NFL perceive this Eagles defense and Jonathan Gannon as
4: a coordinator? I think the biggest thing is – you know there's no need to necessarily send pressure when you can you can rush with four and mm-hmm. and get to and create the same amount of pressure on your on the quarterback. You know, you have a very good rotation up front uh, that you're seeing from from the Eagles. They do a good job at keeping those guys fresh. um and they play complementary football up front. So I think to everyone's point, you know, J.G. is not necessarily a coordinator that sends a lot of blitzes, you know, maybe third down. But first, second down, you know, he's going to really rely on the D-line, creating enough pressure uh, that he needs.
0: Uh, Rodney McLeod with us in, in studio and, of course, Rodney in the Super Bowl five years ago. We'll, we'll get into that storyline and what these guys are all preparing for as we move through the show here today. Rod's, Rodney's going to be with us till 2 o'clock. Let's go to the phones. Jaws joins us in a couple minutes. Let's talk to Chris in Ocean City right now. What's up, Chris? Yo, yeah, what's going on, everybody? Uh,
5: Rodney, what's up, man? Uh, so awesome on? to be able to talk to you. Um, and just first off the jump, I just want to let you know that we as Eagles fans claim you now <laughs> until eternity, and I will hear no argument. Um, so ju- just forget about that. We've always got you and got your back. And I just have a question for you, and, and I mean this sincerely. Do you wear your Super Bowl ring to bed every night? How often do you wear it? Because, I, dude, I would. I would wear it every day.
4: Yeah, I tell people all the time, man, it's not necessarily a everyday accessory. <laughs> you feel me? It, gra- it grabs a lot of attention no matter what time of the day. So very special occasions uh, I, I choose to bring it out because I feel like that's a very special moment. And, you know, the only – there's a very few moments that really require you to to bring it out, but I always have to remind people if I go down to Super Bowl, of course, you know who who won Super Bowl Fifty Two, uh-huh. <laughs> who did that to Tom Brady? That's that's us.
5: You, you you're damn right, and uh, just just heartfelt, just thank you. You you pro- you may not even understand how much joy you brought to so many people, and how proud we are of you and all of your teammates and colleagues who were able to accomplish that ultimate goal and we will appreciate it and remember it for the rest of our natural lives and i mean
4: that sincerely so just
5: thank you so much um
4: i appreciate all the love
5: man yeah, for sure. And then, uh, so my initial impetus for calling is I, I've been waiting for this day for two years for Joe to camera to do a Mia culpa and admit that he was wrong. And so let me just say on behalf of everybody, you're damn right you were wrong. Yeah. And you're welcome. You're welcome. Well, no, listen, America, Chris, I, I cop to that. You and all these insufferable fools along for two years. Well, you're Chris, a- you got
0: to remember when you're, when you're only wrong in life two or three times ever, it's very easy to remember those two or three times. So yeah, I get it. I, I was doubting Jalen. <laughs> Yeah, guilty as charged.
5: Yeah, yeah and and I, I I wish I could be as braggadocious as Wade. I'm not quite on God level, but maybe a demigod of sorts. All right, Chris, give uh, me I've a, enjoyed this year immensely.
0: Give me a great answer here, man. A uh, television show character, the best since 2010.
5: Yeah, for sure. I've never identified with a TV character more. The Hound from Game of Thrones.
0: You know, that's a it's an interesting answer. I mean, I don't think it's going to win, but it was a good character, and there was a lot going on there. And then it was at the mountain, right? And they were brothers. Were they brothers? Brothers. Yes, yep. they were brothers. Mm-hmm. And then they square off with like mm. one or two episodes left, and they. How did he go out? Did he die? Well, they tumbled die? down the stairs, right? Didn't the bricks all fall apart? And they right. They're fighting like a stairwell. Yeah.
5: So he was another character who didn't get the ending he deserved. And what
0: Apparently should his wrap up... And what should know. it have been?
5: I don't know. I feel like he should have gone out in a more heroic way.
0: The worst was, as the viewer, you don't get to see how Jamie Lannister and and but ultimately, really, uh, what's her name? His sister dies. Cersei. Yeah. I mean, you know how they die, but you don't see the reaction. Are you a Game of Thrones guy, Rodney?
4: Yeah, so I actually spent some time catching up on, on Game of Thrones. I, I was a guy that didn't watch it in the moment, but I took the past year to, to watch it, so – uh, I loved it, man. I yeah. see why it's a great show. Jon yeah. Snow is probably uh,
0: my, my guy. Okay, so I'm writing that down. Rodney says Jon Snow. <laughs> Can I will...
4: Rodney win? Or... So <laughs> I, don't,
0: I don't think he's a, a, a WIP employee. <laughs> now, maybe if he ever just retires, he could be a WIP employee. I'm just saying. We've got this WIP morning show thing going here. All right, let's go. Hey, welcome... i got a question for Rodney. Yes. <laughs> uh, you, you
2: had a chance. You played with Jalen. Hurts, uh, and then you played against Jalen Hurts. Did you notice a massive difference, I mean, this season? Because we as fans, we felt like he took a gigantic leap this offseason. Are defenses talking about that leap, the defenses that have to prepare to play him, and you as a guy who has played with him and against him, how surprised were you at how well he
4: played? I think season? the biggest thing is decision-making. Yeah. Decision making accuracy. Those are the two uh, levels of of improvement and decision making in a passing game, but also in a run game too. Understanding how valuable he is to that offense, knowing when to slide, when to not take those sort of hits, feeling like, you know, he's invincible. I think that's that's the step that you want to see your quarterback take. Um, And then obviously the turnovers in itself. That is why they're winning games. We talked about when we played them, the turnover difference, the games that they, where Jalen has struggled and thrown turnovers, and the defense hasn't been able to capitalize on that. Uh, you know, they they don't see much success. But when he protects the ball, you know, runs the offense efficiently, then that's when they have great success. Their defense, you know, is built to create turnovers. Uh, mm-hmm. You see that from the Eagles defense. So, I think the turnover ratio is great. Decision-making and accuracy on the outside, man, the ability to throw the ball on, on the
0: sideline to A.J. Brown, they perfected that. Yeah, yeah, they're really good at it. All right, let's welcome in our next guest. Uh, we go from one to the next to the next. Ron Jaworski, of course, one of three quarterbacks to lead the Eagles uh, to a Super Bowl appearance. And I remember five years ago when Rodney and his teammates stepped off the plane, right there to greet him. And I was very proud because I love Jaws. Jaws and I are close friends. And Jaws, I remember five years ago, you greeted every single Eagles player when they landed. Getting ready for that Super Bowl, and I know you're all fired up again. What's going on, Joss?
6: Yeah, you are correct, Joe, and it's great to be on the show with Rodney. Rodney has had a spectacular career in the National Football League, and he had a fantastic year last year. And you know, from a player's perspective, Rodney's always been a player's player. So, Rodney, great to be with you on the show and with Joe and John. We always have some fun talking football. We get we all get together. so It's good to have you around. Yeah,
4: man. Looking uh, forward to it. Uh, but you know, you
6: <laughs> it, it, it always just fun around Super Bowl week, and it's going to heat up and. You know, when the Eagles uh, won five years ago, uh, you know the league sent me out there to to uh, hand out hats to the Eagle players. Now, now, remember, it was in Minneapolis, right? Yeah, and and these were like big. Big furry, hairy hats, you know? So, uh, that was my job. Meet the players, give them hats, and get back on a plane and come back three days later and watch the Super Bowl. There so you it was, go. It, 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 was a, it was a great week and a great run.
0: Jaws, this is such an intriguing matchup. The Eagles versus Andy Reid. When I say those words to you, the Eagles versus Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes in a Super Bowl, what goes through your mind?
6: Yeah, The, the one word would be creativity. I mean, this is not a team that's going to line up and go belly to belly with you and say, hey, we're going to this, this is a slug fest. You know, Andy's a designer of offense, and he's, he's changed his approach. You know, when, when you look through his, his drafts over the last maybe seven or eight years, he's looking for, you know, playmakers, guys that may have, you know, not a complete skill set but individual skill sets. And he always seems to find those guys, you know, the, the, the Kadarius Tonys who, you know, couldn't make it in New York, but you see what he does with him. You know, in in Kansas City, the way he uses his wide receivers. You know, Juju Smith-Schuster's not a speed guy, but he doesn't have to run by people. You know, he, he's creative in how he gets them into space, and you know, Andy's just done a really good job with his offense. Of course, it all starts with the quarterback. When you've got a quarterback of the stature of Patrick Mahomes, you know, he, he's the the he's the, the maestro man. He, he leads this orchestra. I think they're they're a very good offense. I'm not going to say they're a great offense, and I think you know I think our defensive line can have some success against their offensive line.
2: How confident are you that Jonathan Gannon can outscheme Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes? Um,
6: I'll tell you what I thought. Uh, Gannon did a really good job against San Francisco. Of course, you know that game ended real quick when Brock Purdy went out, but I thought for the most part he understood what he wanted to do and. San Francisco really did nothing, but I, I, I'm I'm really not concerned about this scheming. This game, and you know, John and Joe, we talked about this all season long. This is an incredibly talented defensive group. And you, know, you heard Rodney say it a moment ago, they don't need to blitz and bring pressure. If you could bring four and keep seven in coverage, man, those safeties and corners are, are thrilled when they know, hey, you know, I got, I got help inside, I got help outside, I got help in the flat, I got help in the curl. You know, it makes their job a lot easier. Not worried about, oh, if we don't get pressure, I'm one on one, and the guy goes to the post, and I'm in trouble. So I, I think with you, know, you don't people want Buddy Ryan's style of defense and. You know, Joe. You know, I answer that every time. Is yeah. Joe never uh, that buddy never won a playoff game in Philadelphia, so uh, yeah. I don't want that solid defense either. So <laughs> that's kind yeah. of how I look at it. If you can rush the quarterback with four, that's a good thing. Josh, last
2: year, our Achilles' heel as a defense was when we played good quarterbacks, and we haven't faced a quarterback anywhere close to Patrick Mahomes this season. How do you think that nets out?
6: Yeah, you're absolutely right, John. In fact, uh, you know, as 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 I was listening, to guys, you know, before I came on. Uh, I'm thinking about you know we really have not faced maybe in the last month a real quality offense you know mm-hmm. and so uh, you have to have some concern about that you know how are we going to stand up to a Patrick Mahomes and you know he's he's got guys that get the ball at every level you know they got a they don't have a great running game but they have an okay running game Pacheco has added some some juice to that uh, and Zuzu as I call it back back to that running game but really you know the guy that makes it happen is is Mahomes he he does so much with the football it's a well designed offense. And, you know, it, it'll be interesting how this, uh, this Eagle defense will perform in this game. And I'll talk about schematically, you know. Uh, when you don't have great wide receivers and you don't have a, a really good quarterback, you can turn guys loose. Against Patrick Holmes, you cannot just turn people loose because he will make you pay for him. And I expect him to be a lot healthier in two weeks than he's been the last couple of weeks. So uh, he won't be 100%, but he can, he can make you pay with his legs.
0: Hey, Jaws, five years ago when the Eagles and Patriots, and, of course, we got Rodney here and the Eagles and Patriots are getting ready to play in the Super Bowl. ESPN had a list of the – they literally ranked all 106 players, 1 through 106. And I vividly remember 1 and 2 were both Patriots. It was Brady 1, Gronk 2, and then there was a whole bunch of Eagles. 14 of the top 20 players were Eagles. And I believe the Eagles' team was better than the Patriots' team, and that's why the Eagles won. This feels very similar to me. I mean, that, I team, right. that team's got the coach in, in Andy. They got the quarterback in Mahomes. They got the tight end in Kelsey. But I think the Eagles in the top 20 players probably have 14 or 15 of them. Do you vibe with that comparison?
6: yes i i haven't done that yet you don't know, in the past i'll i'll bring it up next week when we speak because that's what i'll do i'll take each position and see who who is you know when we played the giants we had 20 of 22. you know it's a little bit different san francisco is is a little closer to 50 50 but you know when you look at his Chiefs defense they are average at best guys they are average at best and you know our, our friend steve spagnolo local philly guy their defense coordinator you know just a a, a great football coach he is a tremendous schemer. He's a tremendous designer. Some of the little things and nuances that you just, you know, to the, to the untrained eye, like I'm sure Rodney would look at the tape and say, wow, that was really cool, or "Yeah, he did a great job with that. And that's what Spaggs is really good at. And one thing when I went, when I went through the tape of the 49er game, uh, I, I thought Tamiko Lyons did a really good job. You know, hey, the game got out of hand quick, but early in the game he was running some of those double-A gap pressures. And he, he created some problems for Jalen and the offensive line. So I expect, you know, Spaggs is going to look at it and say, hey, They've had some problems with those double A's. You bring both in the gaps. You drop two out. You bring one. You know, they try to break down your protections. I think Spag's one of the great designers, been around a long time, has won Super Bowls with basically mediocre talent in the past. So I think, uh, you know, his his design will create some problems. But defensively, I mean, they're not that good.
2: Don't you think it's crazy that we didn't account for those double A gap blitzes? Like, we didn't – normally you, you'd secure the interior first. And there were – There were plays where we let that linebacker through and counted on Jalen to make a play with his legs, get the ball off with his legs. It wasn't a hot route. It wasn't a sight adjust. It was Jalen, do your thing. Is that sustainable?
6: Uh, no, <laughs> you don't want your quarterback get hey, You don't want free runners at the quarterback, and they did create some problems. Like I said, I think you'll see some of those. But but I, it, but it making a more general statement, John, when it, when, I, when I got done going through that first half of that game, because it was, it was the Eagles' offensive line was dominant. I mean. They kicked the hell. I mean, Bosa was invisible. and I thought he would be, if the 49ers were going to compete in that game, he had to make plays. He, he was invisible in the game. The offensive line is just phenomenal. When you look at, you know, we'll be breaking this down for the next 10, 11 days, but the, the the big advantage to me is this Eagles offensive line. You know, when you look at Kansas City, Chris Jones is really their only, and he's a hell of a player, don't get me wrong, yeah. but he's really the only, I would say, impactful football player on that defensive side. But just, you know, and we've we applauded Holly we all season long about the great job he did, and he's always built with offensive and defensive lines. And, and, and against San Francisco, man, the guys that played with their hands in the ground, they were dominant. So,
0: Charles, is it fair to say with this point spread still being low, short, two points or so, that the nation still doesn't realize how great the Eagles are? Well, I wouldn't say the, the nation. I would say the odds makers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but it's based on how people bet. I mean, it's yeah, it sw- it swung Eagles, like initially open Chiefs, but – I'm just telling you Jaws, I think the Eagles are more than two points better than the, than the chiefs. I just believe I that. agree with you.
6: I agree with We'll see how this all plays out health-wise. Yes, but I would agree with you Joe this is, this, is this, this the Eagles have the best team in the National Football League and a young team that's going to be hard to be reckoned with for a you know a long, long time. This is a good football team playing with, with a tremendous amount of confidence.'ll hey, it'll be it'll be a different environment out in Arizona. It's not going to be at Lincoln Financial Field our crazy wild fans, which are huge. Uh, in that game on Sunday and obviously you know, a few weeks ago against the Giants. But, you know, it, it, it it's the Super Bowl. And, you know, sometimes uh, guys get impacted by the Super Bowl. We'll, we'll see how it all plays out.
2: What do you expect it looks like from Jalen in the Super Bowl? The last two games, the postseason games, have been quieter and we've run the ball 44 times. What do you expect the offense will look like against
6: yeah, I think you'll probably see a little more of, of Jalen Hurts. And, and, by the way, I, I I thought he played an outstanding game from my quarterback perspective, you know, against San Francisco. And, and, and I, I use the term field general. I thought he was a field general in the game. He knew what the situation was. He knew exactly what was going on. He didn't make mistakes. He I mean, he was conscious of, uh, of pretty much everything in the game once you get a lead. You know, didn't put the ball in harm's way. I, I thought he just managed the offense very, very well. and That's why. You know, it's another area. Sometimes you don't have to put up big statistics and throw three touchdown passes. But if you're the field general, you win.
0: Hey, Jones, good luck in your final week uh, of prep for the, the big party next week. I know your party's got only about, oh, I don't know, five or 6,000 celebrities. Now we're only up to about 1,200 right now, Joe. <laughs> How many Hall of Famers? Of course, you're on the top of the list. You know that. Listen, <laughs> listen, I appreciate that. I'm certainly not, and I wish I could be there. We're going to be here, but uh, it's going to be quite a thing next week. By the way, Joe, one other quick thing I want to get your assessment yeah. on. We have a Twitter poll question of the day today, and I want the Ron Jaworski answer to this question. You saw all three of them. You know some of them. Today's question, who had the best career in their sport? This on the day that Brady, of course, retired, which should be his final time. Who had the best career in their sport? Was it Tom Brady, Wayne Gretzky, or Michael Jordan? Well,
6: I'm probably biased because I love football. I'm going to go with Tom Brady. And When I think of the longevity in this league, it's remarkable that he played as long as he did at a high level that he played at.
0: If you're friends with Jordan, would that be your answer? Not really.
6: <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I'm biased toward the pig skin. <laughs> there you
0: go. Hey, John, stay well. Uh, we look forward to talking to you next week. Thanks, for All right. Thanks, guys. Thanks, Take care, Joe. Ron. All right, Matt. There he is, Ron Jaworski. All right, coming up more with Rodney McLeod in studio, Devin, Jody Cameron, John Ritchie, uh, and back to a lot of calls on 94WIP.
2: The birds are in the big game up against Kansas City and our former head coach. Get in on all the action for the big game in Arizona with the Bet Park Sportsbook and Casino app, the only sportsbook I recommend. Bet live during the big game, and new users can get up to $750 in sportsbook bonus back if your first bet isn't a winner. Download the app right now. This is the time. Don't miss out. The Birds and KC get in on all the action for the big game in Arizona with the Bet Park Sportsbook and Casino app. We're 1.5-point favorites, minus 121 on the money line. The over-under is 50 points. I expect to see a lot of scoring in this one. I don't think it has to be that close. I feel great about our chances. And remember, new users can get up to $750 in Sportsbook bonus back if your first bet is not a winner. Bet live during the big game on the Bet Park Sportsbook and Casino app.